Culture anomaly. Hello. Welcome. Hold on, where's that crickets button? I think it's that one. That lack of Anna that you hear, that lack of hello, hello. That was a terrible impression. Anna's not with us today. She sends you all of her love. She is sick in bed with a head cold. It's not COVID. Thank goodness. Um, but she says to tell you all that she misses you very much. And I was getting ready to do a solo message and then realize that I have another podcaster in the house. So we should uh, put that to you. So I'd like to welcome uh, my hubby from another mubby. Say again? Hubby from another mubby. I mean, most husbands are from different mothers, so that's good. This is my husband. Hello. Hello. Are we going to reveal your name? Sure. You can reveal my name. This is Kemper. Yes. He's been on a couple times in some of our earlier episodes, especially with editing. I think I did technical messages, mostly. Yeah, he explained why we didn't sound very good. This is so much more informal than my normal podcast. I'm... That's true. Yes, we should plug. Let's go ahead and plug your podcast. In fact, we have the intro on here on the soundboard. <laughs> should we use Emily it? Emily likes the soundboard. I do. I'm really happy about the soundboard. Can we? Yes, you, you may play the intro to the Summit Bid podcast. It's called the Summit Bid podcast. And here's here's the intro. Oh, yeah. See, I, I'm shifting into that moan already. See, now here we go. Just a second. When do you start talking? I'll start right. I'll start talking right now. No. Now. No. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Summit Bid Podcast. Except it's not the Summit Bid Podcast right now. No, I, I don't actually think that unless you're um, have a disproportionately large amount of camera geeks, and it's mostly camera geeks on your. Um, in your listening body. Maybe maybe you are. Uh, maybe there's a few. If you are into cameras, photography, um, mountaineering, mostly cameras and photography, though. The right? podcast, okay, so our YouTube channel is we do outdoor photography and videography, and we do a lot of mountain stuff. So, but the podcast is kind of our, our photography where we where we geek out on, on cameras. Uh, we geek out on cameras in the videos too. Yeah. But <laughs> you guys listen. I support him and love him to death and I actually do listen to the podcast. I just only understand or absorb about 15% of it. That'd be my guess. And to me it always sounds like they're talking about some sort of weapon, some sort of gun cuz it's like only oh, AR 530 some odd with the F stop of the six. <laughs> that's l- she listens to every single one, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, I, that's the level that I don't understand. Like, I'm truly trying. <laughs> I just cannot. That level of detail, I can't. Not with a camera. It's very difficult for me. Yeah, it's difficult for most people. 
So, but not you. No. So, if you are into Sony, Canon, um, you know, like that level of tea, that level of uh, intrigue of what's right. happening with those cameras and the brands and the ways to, to, to use them, and like the drama, the drama happening with the brands and the drops of the new things and the lenses... <laughs> Go check out the Summit Bid podcast and also the YouTube channel. And I'm even in some of the videos on the YouTube channel. Yes. Uh, yes, you are. So if you want to, you know, look for a familiar voice face thing. <clears throat> so, um, welcome. Welcome to Cultural Anomaly. Uh so I, I thought that, first of all, we'd just drop you a note and tell you to uh, please think of Anna, please pray for Anna as she's sick. Um, and then I, I did some of my homework. You'll remember from our last episode, we talked about framing Britney Spears, and I felt truly bad that we were talking about things that we had not actually absorbed, consumed. So I did watch Framing Britney Spears. And so our only agenda item, really, and we'll see where it goes. We could get into our marriage. Mm. Let's get, you know, we could talk about um, our issues. It seems, seems like a smart idea to but do that. But first, let's talk about framing Britney Spears. Um, and I know that, that you have watched. How much did I show you? So Kemp- Maybe maybe 10 minutes total if yeah. you added up all the little segments that you showed me. So um, if you haven't watched it, it's I, I would definitely recommend it. Um, and essentially, so what, what did you get, Kemper? From the, from the, the spattering of moments? Yeah. Because I know that's normally how I give you content that I'm interested in is I just kind of chuck it at you. That that's ch- chucking is a is a good way to to phrase that. Um. Well, I got. Let me see. You show she showed me a clip of a older man interviewing Britney Spears and telling her that she had beautiful eyes when she was like nine years old. Mm-hmm. So. And then asking her if she had a boyfriend, so that was weird. Yeah, this it's one of the it's one of the earliest. In fact, if anybody's was a Britney Spears fan, you'll you'll probably recognize this clip of her doing some sort of musical talent show contest thing. And then a man who's probably he looked seventy at least to me, if not seventy. Oh yeah, super old. Is kind of telling her how cute her eyes are, and does she have a boyfriend, and doesn't she want a boyfriend? And it's amazing how much things have just changed, even in that amount of time. Um, because now, I don't think you could even kind of get away with it. No, 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 no. No, it was sort. It was oddly flirtatious. Yeah, yeah, and he thought he was being cute. Yeah, and people back then, maybe maybe old people who were watching that TV show back then, were like, "Oh, that's adorable." Yeah. It, I, I actually think that the there were several things that the documentary or the show accomplished, that particular episode. So um, wait, is this a multi-episode thing? So it's a show 
by the New York Times, and it's one episode out of a series oh, that okay. they're doing. Um, so is the show called Framing? Yeah, I think so. Hold on. She's googling. She's googling. She's getting questionable information from the internet. You guys might have guessed that I'm closest to the soundboard right now and have the most control over it. So I'm popping into my Hulu app here because that's where I watched it. Very nice. Yeah. There's another plug for Hulu. This episode brought to you by Hulu. Not Hulu at all. Hulu. I mean, if they wanted to, you know, here we go. Framing. Yeah, the New York Times presents. So there's one, let's take a look here at all of their different episodes. Framing Britney Spears, the teenager who hacked Twitter. So they're talking about um, a 17-year-old kid in Tampa who were ha- who hacked Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Kanye West, Joe Biden, Barack Obama's Twitter accounts. Interesting. Hurricane of Fire. Um, it's talking about the fires in Australia. Uh, so several different things. So, no, this is the only one titled Framing. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's called the New York Times Presents. That makes sense. Yes. So, so it's kind of like New York Times, their uh, daily, the daily podcast. Yeah, the daily podcast. Yeah, you and I both listen to the daily at different times of day and then try to talk to each other about it. That, that does happen. Although I've been listening to it a lot less of late because news just hasn't been as interesting <laughs> because something happened about was, a month ago. It was really interesting there for a while. It was. I mean, I was just so much more interested in the news and now I'm like, oh. oh it's kind of nice. That's it. But we're also new parents, so we're like shell-shocked by everything. So That's true. Um, like right now we have our baby monitor right next to us while we're podcasting and I have no anxiety about that. I'm totally fine. I've been great. That's um, true. Should we talk about that? We had to move the baby monitor to my side of the bed because yeah, somebody should. wasn't sleeping. See, I knew, I knew this is what would happen. <laughs> I having you on here. We had to move the baby monitor to his side of the bed because I was losing sleep checking on her every yes. I don't know how often. Oh, obsessively, I think, is a fair word. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, framing Britney Spears, I thought one of the things that, to me, it was that hit me, or was a commentary on, was uh, the way that our culture, society, what have you, has evolved as far as um, how do you deal with a young woman's sexuality, how how do you talk about it? How do you, um, and why is it so personal to people? And it was especially personal um, at the time. And they kind of touch on that, you know, that was the time of Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And so there was all of that jibber jabber going on as well. Mm-hmm. And we just, I don't think we're very good at talking about women's sexuality in particular. So, and then you had... Justin Timberlake, as we brought up last time, mm-hmm. yeah, that guy. 
Yeah, who you you already were looking for an excuse to hate. You've always hated him. No. That I don't hate people. Okay. I don't I have problems with people. I prefer some people over others. Oh, okay. For sure. So he's not a preferred person. He's not on my preferred list. Okay. If he came into my big restaurant, four star restaurant, is that the highest number? Is it five stars? I don't know. I think five. Anna would be bringing up the you know, like every time she talks about some restaurant thing, and I'm always like that. I don't even know. <laughs> it's okay. You're not Anna. We don't expect you to be. Right. I mean, I like food too. I like. I like. You know, we always. You talk about food, so I can talk That's about food. True. What would you... No, we're talking about Justin Timberlake. What I'm saying is that <laughs> if he came into my four-star restaurant, he would not be on my preferred list. On your VIP list? I'd sit him near the bathrooms. Oh, okay, wow. I know. So, Justin Timberlake, basically the documentary... Uh, kind of states or theorizes that he takes control of the narrative of their relationship after they break up and that it does damage her reputation. And also kind of this idea that she almost uh, was destined to be torn apart by the media, by the paparazzi, by all of Mm us. Mm -hmm. Um, And we talked about, you and I did over dinner, our Chick-fil-A four-star restaurant dinner. It was pretty four star. Chick fil A. Um, we talked about how we're so much more sympathetic to people like Britney Spears because honestly, I'm watching back all of this footage and it's stuff that I remember happening. Right. And I remember when it happened being like, wow, that Britney Spears is one crazy lady. Just going crazy, hitting people with umbrellas, shaving her head. Um, and I'm watching it back and I'm like, she did that whole episode very shortly after she had two babies. Right. Back to back with none other than the charming and I'm sure very emotionally supportive Kevin Federline. Mm, Yes. Yes. And likely had postpartum depression, had clear symptoms of postpartum depression. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And I'm just saying that uh, if you had given me an umbrella when I was, what, like three months postpartum? Yeah. And then got me super riled up because, by the way, that whole thing happened when she was unable to see her children because KFED was keeping them from her. I think I would have hit a few things with an umbrella. I think I would have just knocked a few things around. Yeah. So, just so much more sympathetic, I think, as a culture than we were. And we were kind of theorizing about why that would be. And my big theory is that as social media hit the scene, all of us experience just a small taste of what a celebrity like Britney Spears would experience, which is you post something or something gets posted about you and suddenly Mm. you have random strangers commenting about your life and sometimes almost worse people you know but i think the ones that are the most annoying are like those outer skirt people that you sort of know they're like a friend of a friend of a friend 
but they have a comment about your life. Oh, okay, yeah. And all of us experience that at kind of a, a much smaller level than a celebrity like Britney Spears would have with the tabloids and the news and the TV shows like TMZ and MTV and all of the different commentaries that were going into her life. So I think that we just have, I wonder if social media has contributed to our ability to be more empathetic in that way towards celebrities. Yeah, I, w- I would think so. That it's, well, yeah, I think we just can understand and picture what it feels like now. And people go viral and and people are just really mean. It It's, <laughs> it's funny how mean people are. Um, like on our very young, small YouTube channel that's growing, people are, are very mean. They can't be very mean and personal. Yeah, you've got some good old-fashioned trolls. Yes, we've gotten some good old-fashioned trolls on there. And they just, like, I, I just, it is funny. I just, I'm not that person who would comment on a YouTube video just, like, calling people idiots and uh, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of what, what the phrase one person used. But it was, I mean, the equivalent was, you know, basically calling. And it was actually another commenter, basically, like, you are an idiot. Oh, my gosh. Our baby is stirring. I knew it. I knew she wasn't okay. All right. Hold on, people. Stand by. Can you hear her? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So she's kind of stirred around. She was, she was crying not like a cry cry but like a uh. this is why i get anxiety oh oh all right y'all i think she's gone back to sleep there we go breaking news breaking news see normally when i'm podcasting kemper is i'm on baby patrol on baby duty so so all right please continue people mean on well i just think um, like the, it just, it just goes to show the, the tribalism and mm. judgmentalism that's out there is just, everyone takes an excuse to look down on, uh, on other people. And we actually, in our own podcast a while ago, we're talking about how ridiculous it is that people take something as, as dumb as a camera brand or an outdoor gear brand and, and use it as an excuse to actually look down on other people because they use a brand that they don't use. It's it's a bizarre thing, but they literally do. And then if you're into cars, oh yeah. Like, oh boy, like the Toyota versus Jeep conversation. And like a lot of the time it's like funny, haha, and then all of a sudden it's really not. Like someone crosses a line and it's like not funny anymore. Not not funny anymore. No. See, I I feel like there's some uh male female the dynamics going on a little bit oh, okay. with that. Um, because I feel like with with my experience with other women is that you keep it very light and you continue to laugh and it never hits that point, but on the inside you're you're raging mad. Oh yeah. Whereas yeah. I've seen that I've seen that dynamic with guys where they're like, Oh yeah, ha 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 and then no man, like you seriously it's true. It is true. We definitely get to that, like, you crossed a line. 
But I don't, I never know, like, as I observe it, I never know what the line's going to be. And I consider myself a pretty intuitive person. But all of a sudden, I'm like, <laughs> really? That's the thing that pushed it over the edge? <laughs> oh. Uh, anyway. But yeah, I mean, it's an interesting what people will leverage over other people just to look down on them and feel justified in their own choices. And that's what we actually talked about is that really what it comes down to is that people want to feel justified in their own choices. And I think that's, you know, that's kind of what's what's going on with Britney Spears too, is it's this opportunity to, you know, both live vicariously through somebody else, but also to like judge their decisions and like be like, oh, wow, look how stable I am. I'm not beating anybody with an umbrella, you know, while I'm eating a gallon of ice cream or, you know. Hey. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like, it's just, it's like you may be feeling bad about some of the decisions you're making. Mm -hmm. So it just, it feels good to judge. And then, but now, like you said, where people do that is they get on social media and they do it with their friends and it's horrible. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes it's, you know, I'm jealous of this person, you know, they seem to be living this great life and people talk about that all the time. But I also think there's this element where you get on there and you're just like, okay, how can I judge what this person is, uh, the decisions these people have made, you know? Right, right. And everybody does it. I mean, you know, I'm I, I'm sure I do it more than, than I'm aware. I'll be like, oh, man, it just it feels good to know that somebody else did something dumber than me. Oh, well, sure. Judgment feels like when you're judging, judging feels amazing. Judgment feels awful. Right. But judging feels really good there's a there's some sort of dopamine there absolutely is and it's and you know again you know you get on if we're talking about social media they i think they they literally feed that the algorithms mm. look for what people are going to linger on and they linger on people doing dumb stuff mm -hmm. <laughs> or people like you know and sometimes it's an intentional attention getting thing and other times it's it's not um and, you know, this kind of ties in with the story, this news story I was reading today, just talking about how kind of crazy social media and stuff gets. So apparently in G May or June, I'm trying to remember which month, but a barista refused to serve someone in San Diego who didn't have a mask on. Uh, dun, dun, dun. Hold on, do we have a don don don? No, I don't think so. Oh, sorry. I hit the microphone. This is why I can't be on Kemper's podcast. Wait, what do I have? Um, there's a harp. That's yeah, pretty good. That's, that's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, yeah. Scary. So this woman's very rational response was to take a picture of this barista and then post a comment saying, this person refused to serve me because I didn't have a mask on next time I'm bringing the police and some health order, which is ridiculous because I think the a health exemption, but mm. I still, I, I believe that uh, places reserve the right not to serve people, but you yeah. Know. Anyway. So her post goes viral for all the wrong reasons on, at least probably in her eyes. Right. right. Everyone's empathizing with the poor barista. barista. So this guy is like, I would like to tip this barista. Oh, so okay. he sets up a GoFundMe. Okay. And it raises a hundred thousand dollars. Whoops. <laughs> Over a hundred thousand dollars for this this um he's a dance student. 
So basically he had his schooling paid for. Like it turned out into this real feel good story. Feel good story for everybody but our uh our maskless our, our, our maskless vigilante. Wonder yes. So she's decided Uh-oh. to sue the guy who started the GoFundMe. <laughs> and um and like she's basically claiming like you know I actually read through it and like uh, someone said that they can't believe that she found a lawyer to actually file the suit because it's so hollow mm. because like she's claiming that he used her images to for monetary gain first off he didn't make a cent off of it all of the money went to the GoFundMe to tip this barista but also um, she was taking a picture of him in public. Right, of the, it's, right. the picture is of the barista. Right. Like, so anyway, and then she's trying to claim that, that he incited a whole bunch of uh, personal attacks on her, which obviously he didn't do. She did posting. Right, she posted it. Exactly. So it's just, this is the world we live in now. Mm-hmm. It's like this this weird dynamic where she's trying to shame somebody. And then it turned into this great story. And then now it's this horrible story again Mm -hmm. of, and it just, that's kind of, but we are all watching it. Right. Like that's our tabloid now. And I read that story and I'm like, oh man, I'm judging her. And I'm like, well, you know, like this is, this is probably not healthy for anybody. (laughs) Right. Well, and, and this is again, like when you think about the old school celebrities, they all, and they probably still do, right, have publicists. Right. And none of us have publicists walking around no, being like, no. hey, listen, probably don't want to do that. Right. That's that's a bad look. Yeah. Like, that's not going to look good with this demographic. Nobody's telling you that. I mean, you are. Yeah. No, I am. I'm your unpaid private publicist. Yeah. Right. right. Like... Although, uh, with the particular trolls on your YouTube account, I think I'm way more aggressive. Yes. Than... Yes. Like, he hasn't let me... And part of the problem is, as we've covered, I don't know what I'm talking about (laughs) when it comes to the content. So, I would be terrible to argue with on there. I don't think I would do you any favors, particularly. But... Yeah. You know... Um, And what's interesting is, so now Brittany has this ability because she's on social media, which has really started this whole free Brittany um, movement. She's on social media and she is for the first time controlling her own content and controlling her own narrative. Right. Um, She controlled the content for her concerts. They do a really good job of showing how many decisions, because when you talk about a conservatorship, um, which is what her, her father has over her right now. Um, the idea is that the person, the Brittany in this case, uh, has some problem that makes her incapacitated, incapable of making her own decisions for her estate, for her situation. And so what they're kind of showing is this person, obviously, Brittany, had... Tons has tons of great decision making skills, is super strategic, built this empire, mm-hmm. had a breakdown, mm-hmm. 
sort of, or really more just started not caring what the media was saying about her Mm. and got torn down and... And so now, probably, likely, is very capable of making her own decisions. Right. Um, But because of social media, she's able to put her own content out. She's able to write her own story. Um, So it's interesting because for her, it's turned into a much better situation. And it's kind of brought attention to whatever she's going through in a different... People are seeing her as a human like for the first time, mm, they're seeing her as mm-hmm. a as like living, breathing, and and caring about her. So, I don't know. I think we have we have stuff we could learn from Brittany, right? You know, not right. Justin. Oh, okay. So we're gonna dehumanize Justin. Absolutely. Okay, gotcha. No, that makes sense. No, I just I didn't say he wasn't he wasn't human, and I didn't say I did. I didn't say I hated him. I said. Brittany can teach us way more stuff than Justin. You know what? I, that's that's true. I don't feel mm-hmm. like Justin Timberlake isn't isn't teaching anybody anything. Not right now, no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. He needs to teach people how to properly apologize for his decisions. Are you saying that he apologized well? No. Saying that's... So, yeah, that's a good point. What I'm saying... <laughs> What I'm saying is he didn't apologize very well and that he should learn and then teach us and then show us what that looks like. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Be that an makes example. Sense. Okay. Represent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because obviously, as a society, we have gotten better at this, I think. We have gotten better at being kind to people. Hopefully, at least in this celebrity situation, we've gotten not as good at being nice to each other on social media. So it's an interesting juxtaposition, interesting dynamic. Right. Well, and like, yeah, no, I I think that that's true. That, That generally, I mean, it seems like that energy is going somewhere. That big negative energy, it just is like the tabloids just don't have any leverage anymore. Right. For one thing, celebrities are making it a pastime to say stupid stuff on their own, on their own platforms. True, true. Like, that's something we can talk about. You're talking about celebrities have publicists. Why aren't more of them using them? That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, it just, it it feels like, you know, um, it's kind of this turned into, and and like, celebrity is, is such a different thing than it used to be. Um, like, look at, like, celebrities can be anybody and everybody in a, in a way that, um, that it haven't before. There's like a, yeah, like a, um, entertainment's gotten socialist or something <laughs> getting redistributed <laughs> or something. Don't say that word. <laughs> Don't say socialist. <laughs> well, what I mean, <laughs> flagged, <laughs> um, well, what I mean is, is like, it is like, it's so easy, like, it's both easier and harder to become famous at the same time. Right. And like, you know, you look at who the big celebrities are, but here's the thing is that like, we, as a culture, we're not tracking the same celebrities. So yep. like, 
for instance, I'm in the photography world and someone who's a celebrity to me is is Peter McKinnon. You say Peter yeah. McKinnon and it's like, oh yeah, Peter McKinnon. Oh yeah, that's like Peter McKinnon. And it's like you you have you heard of Peter McKinnon? Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you genuinely. Do you think I just don't listen to you? Okay, well, all right. So you've heard of him from me, right? But you have no idea who he is or what he does. Didn't we go into a Peter McKinnon gallery okay, situation? Well, no, that that's Peter Lick. <laughs> <laughs> Got a spouse failure over yeah. here, you guys. <laughs> but but that's my whole point. Is like he is one of the celebrities, and you haven't heard of him. Like you've heard of football stars, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you know if I'm like if someone's a fan of Patrick Mahomes, you know who Patrick Mahomes is, but you don't know who Peter McKinnon is, and yet he's probably like one of the top celebrities in your world. In my world, but you have celebrities in your world. Like who's a celebrity in your world that I maybe haven't heard of? Hmm, that's harder. I feel like you're a lot more tuned into my world mm-hmm. than vice versa because I force it because that's true. I'm like listen. I have to verbally process with somebody and you're right here. <laughs> Whereas you're sitting there thinking about Peter McKinnon in your own little introverted world and you don't need to verbally process it with me. Right. So I feel like um, I'm trying to think of somebody that wouldn't be as familiar to you. Right. As they are to me. Well, um, uh, Michael Flatley you know, Lord of the Dance. Right. I, I had to true. introduce That's you to true. Michael Flatley. And anybody who's into Irish step dancing, which is funny because I've never done that, but I was a big fan. Right. So so there you go. I had to introduce you to, to Michael Flatley. That, that's a good Lord point. of the Dance. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm sure that there's many that we're, we're not thinking of right now. Oh, yeah. Well, I watch like, oh, let me think of my YouTube, like, Things that I watch, like Freckled Fox. Okay, yeah, I don't know who that is. Um, well, like Pioneer Woman was a big deal for for food mm-hmm. for a mm-hmm. long time, and then of course I know because I play piano. I know some big old pianist pianist um, names. Okay. So. so and like you know, obviously this is something that's existed for forever where you have you know, like celebrities in a certain field, right? Yeah. But what I'm saying is is that generally speaking um it's it's kind of narrowing and siloing like who's famous to who. Right. Because like, you know, Peter McKinnon can have millions of YouTube followers and not everybody knows his name, but whereas Britney Spears is an era where everybody knew like I didn't listen to Britney Spears music but I know who Kevin Federline was, and I knew she was dating Justin Timberlake, right, and I knew right. all of this stuff. Well, and there's that great video that's going around, kind of the meme talking about, like, when you used to fall asleep and you'd wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning on the couch and the Celine Dion oh greatest, gosh, yes, greatest yes, hits yes. commercial is playing. Mm-hmm. And everybody our age knows what that, exactly what that sounded like, looked like. And you watched it again and again and again because you yep. had no choice because yep. of commercials. And so I know what you're saying. Like, even, like, you probably did not have a particular taste for Celine Dion music. No, no. She was the one who sung the Titanic song, but that was that's all I knew. Right, but because of those common shared pop culture moments. Right. 
Yeah. Whereas now advertising is all targeted. Like I mentioned, like some of you out there probably remember the YouTube video with the guy in the garage pointing at his cars. And he's like, he's like, these are my cars. He's like, but you know what I'm more proud of? This wall of books. I read two <laughs> books every day. And it's like this thing. And I mentioned this, 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 it was an ad on, I think it was on YouTube or something. I've seen it dozens of times. And like my brother's seen it dozens of times. And I casually mentioned it to Emily the other day. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And I'm like, here's this thing that I thought was this like cultural staple, staple, yeah. this cornerstone. Yeah. And then, you know, YouTube was like, oh yeah, she's not going to respond to that ad. Like she doesn't watch entrepreneurial YouTube videos or like that kind of thing. Like. I'm not, we're not going to show it to her. So it's just so interesting yeah. how, how it's, it's siloing. It yeah. really is. Yeah. It takes a lot to be a true old school celebrity where everybody knows. Yep. Everybody where knows. Everybody knows. Yeah. You know, you have to, you know, star in a reality TV show and then, and then, uh, <laughs> be get elected president. <laughs> <laughs> You keep trying to like to steer. Listen, Anna. Anna is not here to ask her or to share her wonderful, weird knowledge of our political system, where right. she knows the breeds of people's dogs. So and I'm going to take you all behind the scenes because on one of these recent podcasts, Emily was talking about how during our election she was explaining the political <laughs> process to Anna. Oh, God. What she didn't tell you was, is that while this was happening, I was explaining our political process to Emily. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> it's a little true. Okay. <laughs> so you do want this to be a marriage counseling session. <laughs> what part of our political process did I not understand? You were having me explain to you exactly how the Electoral College works. Okay. Everybody knows. Mm -hmm. I think I needed reminding. That's, you know, fair. And your brain works in this weird file system <laughs> where you're like, oh, I remember from my sixth grade class when we talked about the Electoral College. Hold on, let me just pull that file out. Oh, yes, that day I had grilled cheese for lunch. <laughs> And here's what was said about the Electoral College. You know what I traded for that? Living in the moment. And wow. being super flexible. Oh, wow. <laughs> it is true. I don't live in the moment as much as you. Also, to be fair, I ate grilled cheese for lunch most days. <laughs> oh. Well... He is, that is true. I was, I was asking you about the Electoral College. I also was asking why, is it Kansas or Nebraska that they figured out, they have their little uh, segmented things where. It is uh, Nebraska, Nebraska and Maine, actually, where oh, Maine they have a, a district that is, um, uh, that can go a different way. Because they were all striped, and Anna was like. Really confused by that. Right. And specifically Omaha in Nebraska, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, it was interesting to me, but. 
Probably everyone's like, wait, is there a Nebraska other than Omaha? <laughs> Next time we'll talk about the Civil War and we'll oh, really gosh. stretch those uh, those memory muscles for Kemper. And and also geekdom, geekdom muscles. Yes, I was a Civil War buff as a child. Mm-hmm. For now, the Union, ev- very union-focused. Union very good point. Yes. Because you need to specify. That's just, that is true. You really do. Actually, I wore... So this was actually a little more hardcore than I even really realized. But So I went around as a kid wearing a, a Civil War kepi, which is a Civil War hat. Like the the flat-topped hat that you see Civil War soldiers wearing. Like just um, uh, infantry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... And I had my Union blue one. There's so many pictures of this, you and guys. We <laughs> we traveled to the South several times when I was a child, and I refused to not wear it. <laughs> Didn't you watch some reenactments too? I I, like, I did. We did. We did watch some reenactments. Mm-hmm. Yes. But you're right. That was rather brave to walk around the South, especially when we were children. It was kind of yeah. It was a lot. It was more in style to be uh, uh, proud of your Confederate heritage Yes. at the time. Yep. Speaking of, have you seen, there's this new filter going around. I, do, I know that you've seen it because I showed it to you as one of the many. So every night after we put the baby to bed, I have about 20 TikToks that I've accumulated throughout the day that I have to immediately show Kemper. That is, that is accurate. Um, and one of them was there's this new uh, filter that you can put on your old photos that'll actually kind of animate their faces. Oh yeah, it's trippy. It's very tri- so the eyes can move. They can kind of turn their head. They can smile. Um, and they're just working with whatever's in the photo. But um, but it's really interesting. So um, we should maybe try that out and then give our thoughts at some point. Yeah, Anna, that'll be that's our homework. Talking to you now. Yeah. You Anna. miss Anna, don't you? I do miss Anna. Like, she gives I've you such a less hard time. <sighs> That's true. I, you know that I love you, but I miss, I miss Anna. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. I think that was a really nice, if we go any further, we are going to get, we're going to get into, I can tell we're going to get into our marriage issues. Like we've already hit, you know, we like skimmed the surface there. So there, there you, you go. go. There yeah. You go. We're going to save it. Save all that for later. And uh, and Anna, we miss you. We hope that you're feeling better. Yes, we do. Um, we will catch you guys again. Uh, I probably shouldn't play the outro for Summit Bid because, I don't know, there's some sort of, that's wonky. But Why, Why is that wonky? Okay, fine. It's so groovy. And then are you talking right now? You're like... Oh, now we're talking about cool photography stuff as the as the music fades away. But do you think that we're still just continuing this casual conversation about photography? Sony, OMG, I can't believe what they were doing. But Canon just rocks beyond everybody else. Have you seen that new lens? It's so big. It's such a huge lens. It's bigger than your lens. No, my lens is much bigger than your lens. No, it's not. Is that what it's like? I feel eviscerated right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go check out the Summit Bid podcast 
And uh, we will see you guys on our next episode of Cultural Anomaly. Thank you so much, Hubby, for right. stepping in for our dear Well, thank Anna. you. Thank you. All and right. uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Bye, guys.